Are you a swellian or a swelliette who has spawned psyched as swelly groms? Are you looking for a skits holiday for you and your spawn to enjoy this swelly winter? Well, Safari Surf Camp at Crescent Head on the mid-north coast of New South Wales is offering two performance surf coaching stays in July designed specifically to improve all aspects of your gremlin surfing. From positioning and executing turns to navigating the lineup and more. All meals at a comma included, and get this, one parent stays free. <laughs> Mad! The camps run from July 1st to 4th and from July 7th to 10th and is hosted and supported by Surf Culture Bondi, Javianas and Safaris Crescent Head. For inquiries and details, email surf at safaris.com or find the crew online or on Instagram, safaris underscore crescent underscore head. Sick winter shred trip for you and the little corn lord. Get on it. Nerdism. The Oi Rio Pro in Brazil is a wrap. Uh, we saw some four to six foot, super fun at times, conditions, burglary, and unpredictable at others. It was absolute pandemonium on the beach as it so often is in Brazil. 15,000 boisterous fans they were calling uh, back in the Brazilians, and what a performance they put on in the men's side of the draw. A total shutout, a Brazilian blowout if you will, from the semi-finals onwards, all Brazilians. The event won by Felipe Toledo in emphatic fashion, dropping a perfect 10 in the final for a, you know, a pretty skits, so what, what are you calling it, three-quarter uh, rotation, air reverse, backside, uh, the second 10th, the first, also by a Brazilian, Caio Belli in the elimination round. We'll get to that in a bit. We're introducing a new rating system, born the SHAT. Shat rating. Shat rating, uh, <laughs> which is uh, S for skits, H for himad, A for are you kidding me, and T for torture. <laughs> yes, Mivy, I gave this on the shat rating. Uh, did you shat, How many shats did you give? Are you shatting out of five or are you shatting out of, out of ten? Uh, I'm shutting out a five. Yeah, okay. Oh, I gave it a, a, a 3.5, a solid 3.5 shats, which is, I think, more shat than I thought I was going to give, to be honest with you. I, I thought it was surprisingly fun to watch. I just think Brazil, in as in general, as a, a CT venue, fuck, it cops a hard time, doesn't it? Like, when you see it on the schedule, everyone sort of rolls their eyes and just goes, oh, no, this is going to be fucking torture, which is what the T in the shat rating stands for. But it was surprisingly uh, fun, mate, and... I think it's unfair, really, that it's it's caught this sort of hiding as being one of the worst stops on tour because it delivers these really punchy beach breaks that set up fucking pretty pretty spectacular moments, as we saw a few times, like from the early rounds right through, man, there was always something going on to keep you on your toes. Uh, so a 3.5, uh, which, you know, you, you compare it to a, a five shats, uh, if, if I was going to drop a big five shat on you, Smiv, um, Dirty Sanchez style, mate. It would be for a reef breaker <laughs> at full bl- at full blitz. You know what I mean? So, 
Yeah, I think a 3.5 for a, a, a pretty wonky beachy is, is a really good score, and I, I'm backing it. Yeah, I think uh, they would have earned more tees, more torture, a higher torture rating, had the event still been run where you had that kind of uh, really dirty water, pretty putrid water, and pretty almost reliably mediocre to, to almost barely contestable at times waves. But since they've moved it to Rio... Uh, ironically, in, in the shadow of one of the, the biggest cities on the planet, they've been scoring. They've been getting pretty fun waves. And um, yeah. I, ga- yeah, I, I gave this uh, three out of five shots uh, with a big emphasis on, on the S for skits uh, in <laughs> chat because, uh, you know, it, I guess it's just the schizophrenic nature of Brazilian beach break mm. conditions. You know, it, it was Jekyll and Hyde out there, uh, you know, cooking four-foot tubes one second, burgery wash through, rip bowls the next. Um, and then the final day in really fun, contestable beach break conditions, um, there was a fair dose of A for, are you kidding me, in this mm. event as well, Vaughn. Two perfect tens, both of them spellbinding in different ways. And I, th- I think it, it really this event goes to the heart of why I thoroughly enjoy beach break contests. It, it's the sheer unpredictability of beaches. It brings a level of spontaneity and uh, and surprise. That, that it's just exhilarating to watch. You know the, these conditions are relatable to the common surfer, um, and as are many of the manoeuvres being pulled. So you know you see in foam rides, crazy drop wallet. Uh, layback kind of turns, crazy two-turn combos, the odd tube, and some skitty punts, obviously. But, uh, mm. you know, they're, they're relatable moves. They're, they're moves that we do uh, in any given session, uh, but or, or, or you'll see go down in any given session. But at the same time, they're being done with such a degree of savagery and fluency um, that, you know, you're kind of getting a real window into how good the top flight pros are. Like, just, that, you know, it's all yeah. turned up and exaggerated beyond belief um, and just an incredible showcase of of just the talent at that level. Yes, most of us uh, in Australia, say California, all, all those like sort of, you know, classic sort of beachy zones. I mean, you grew up in Bondi, I grew up at South Narrabeen, both pretty average waves. And you're right, mate, like getting to watch the best surfers in the world, what they can do when there's a little bit of power and a, and a punchy sort of ramp, but also just as impressive, like you say, mate, the, the mush, like what they can do when there's not much on offer. And, and it just, it, it's fucking spellbinding really like uh, for fans of like you know high-end high-performance surfing seeing what these guys and women do in these sorts of conditions that's that's pretty fucking fun to watch 100 let's rip into it i I want to uh start breaking down this new blitz template because uh yeah there's plenty to talk about well let's get into the winners vaughn philippe toledo took out the men's to complete an incredibly dominant performance by the brazilian uh you know a deserved victory Looked a step above the rest of the field throughout the event. That was his third Rio Pro in a row, can you believe, Vaughn, and his fourth in his career. It's opened up a huge lead on the rest of the field in this year's ratings, uh, a 10,000-point lead. That's a full event win. Um, dropped a perfect 10 to win the event, a big backside air reverse on a meaty five-foot closeout wedging section, high-risk, high-octane aerial surfing. Not quite sure if I'm back in the 10. Um, I feel like there's been a few punts of equal or greater velocity that haven't got the perfect score this season. Uh, didn't fully complete the rotation. Maybe a few crowd points in it, Vaughn, but uh, you know, maybe maybe that maybe he deserves that. You know, they went fucking ballistic. The fifteen thousand mad brazos on the beach. You uh, know, full credit to him. 
and then uh, follow, follows up the 10 with, with an 8.67 on the very next wave for a speed float to deep bottom turn to backside vert hit, another one, and a closeout belt. That's an 18.67 total in two waves in two minutes. Uh, you know, not many surfers on tour have that in them. No, man. I actually loved the 10. I thought the the, the rotator was fucking more cork than a 1972 Chateau Margot, my friend. It just... Uh it was beautiful the way that he was really able to sort of like huck the tail up and, and get the full, yeah, like not quite the full rotor, but fuck, it was a big turn, man. Like, like the angle looking into it is does nothing for it compared to that sort of straight on angle looking at it where you really got the projection. But uh, yeah, Felipe, man, I, oh, far out. Everything that I was kind of torching him for in his G-Land performance where he wasn't quite hitting it uh, square out of the lip, like that, that sort of like drivey backside just carve thing that he's got going down geez it looked good in these waves it looked uh, a, a step above as you said and it's just amazing mate like the the year when you look at what's to come is his to lose if you think about it like in a traditional year he would be so far out in front and this would be uh sort of gearing up to almost like uh you know the sprint to the final he's got such a huge head start and uh with j-bay to come and Chopu, the the big question, mate, is more of an existential one for Philippe, don't you reckon? Like, because I mean, J Bay is another wave that he has just dominated in his front side hack game, uh, carving air game out there is without peer. But Chopes, you know, will he go into Chopes with a, a sort of a, a feeling of self preservation and just be looking all eyes on trestles, or will there be that sort of desire? to put in a performance out there so that his world title win is without asterisks, without argument. Because we know that, you know, everyone from, uh, you know, the, the online commentariat right up to uh, Matt Warshaw at the Encyclopedia of Surfing have been scathing of Felipe in waves of conequence. And I just wonder, you know, like, is that sort of, is that mental game, like, is that world championship, uh, what is it, legacy, is it something that he'll be thinking about uh, as tainted, because we know he does get affected by all that chatter. Uh, he's brought it up before. But will he be all eyes on trestles in your mind, or will he will he actually like go to Chobes and go, right, fucking let's do this? It's such a good question. You know, I was thinking uh, after this event, taking it out, and, and even before the event, I was having the thought, like, will he even go to Chopes? Uh, you'd, you'd assume he'll go to J-Bay, but, you know, we know how close he is to his family, uh, how much he misses his kids and wife. Um, you know, we know about the, the mental hurdles that he's had in recent years. And I was just wondering, you know, you know what what is there to gain from going to Chopes for him? He's, he's been on the road for, I don't know, like, what, six or seven months straight. Um, you wouldn't begrudge him if he, he sat the event out completely just for some family time. There's not really a whole lot to be gained for him going there in uh, any you know any rating sense. It, it's merely for the the core cred and uh, you know avoiding that asterisk mm. on the world title, as you said. But from a pragmatic point of view, you really you really wonder whether you'll even bother. I know. Well, it's it, there would be. So much fucking noise if he didn't go, though. The internet would erupt. And I don't think it's the kind of uh, energy uh, that, you know, you'd want surrounding you going into that finals. Uh, I think it just throws up way too much opportunity for the haters to just go absolutely turbo. And um, I totally agree with you. I mean, from a fucking strategic point of view, it's it's almost pointless. But I just don't think he could put himself in a position to be that written off. 
you know, uh, publicly, which uh, sadly would happen. Yeah, well, you know, there's an easy solution to that as well, Vaughn, um, and you can simply just switch it all off. Switch the internet off, delete Instagram from your phone, uh, close the blinds, and just, uh, you know, watch, I, I don't know, the... The great Pele World Cup winning Brazilian teams of yore on on, on a, a continuous loop, something like yeah, that. Man. You know, just just avoid it all, avoid all the noise. Uh, winners are grinners, and fuck man, I yeah, I, I get what you're saying though, and uh, it, it, I guess you'd expect him to turn out there, but fuck man, he has had a terrible time at that wave, and uh, you know, it's the really the last thing he needs before going to Trestles. He's a uh, a good old dose of refresh and a big old hit to his confidence. Oh, or an injury. I mean, God, man, anything can happen out there. Like, you know, the three-foot days can can bring you undone. We saw, uh, who was it, Kiala Kenley pulled into the biggest barrel ever seen in women's surfing out there and then the next day face-planted on a three-footer and, and tore her entire, you know, skull open, basically. So, you know, the best can get out there and come unstuck. And I just, yeah, there, there's a huge crisis Sort of uh, that could play out here for, for Felipe, but I, I'd imagine he'll turn up and, he, and he'll have a crack. I just uh, I wonder sort of what level of uh, performance he's going to put in out here, uh, but particularly if it gets big because his closest world championship rival right now is Robbo, and we all know what he's going to do out there. So you mm. know, it just fuck the narrative is, is building, isn't it? It's building beautifully, man. I mean, Brazil was a fascinating event in terms of like how it's all playing into a, a bigger picture. But let's come back to that at the end. I, I thought Felipe was, yeah, surfer of the event, really, easily. And he was like a fucking oh, power plant that had been struck by lightning, the way that he just fucking turns up that that energy. Hey, it's, it's, it's amazing. Oh. And then on the women's side of things, man, Carissa getting the win. Like, fuck, how insane is women surfing right now? Eight comps, eight different winners. Like, the points spread between first and last being uh, Sally Fitz. I think uh, Carolyn Marks is officially on there, but, you know, Sally's been in uh, all the events. It's fuck all, mate. Like, two wins in a row. You can go from... You can leapfrog everyone. But a uh, good, good uh, sort of shot across the bow from Carissa there. World number one, yet to get points on the board and just came out and just did what champions do and just put them to the sword, Smith. Yeah, but she did it the hard way. Uh, lost her opening heat and then squeaked through her elimination heat with Peruvian wildcard Sol Aguero by the narrowest of margins. Mm. Uh, she put up a, a mega combined total of 8.5 to Sol's 8.33. Doesn't get any closer. It could have been a very different story for Carissa in Brazil far out. I mean, imagine that around to loss there really changes the the narrative and, and, and the course of her year. But uh, she gets the win, squeaks through, and from there, you know, just built and built and never looked too threatened from that point on, capping the event with a uh, 9.5 in the final for the win for some crazy high-speed vertical backside blasts. Mm. Uh, she wore the leader's jersey into the event and only enhanced her ratings lead heading to J-Bay now where she's going to take some beating. She's red hot, the Hawaiian Vaughn. Yeah, she's, she's piping hot. And uh, so is uh, Joanne Defay, mate. Like, far out. This, this, is, this is my favourite year of women surfing ever. This has been building and building and instead of just having like one or two sort of uh, top dogs going at it you got the whole field going at it and you've got the defending world champ and you know a, a woman who's heading in the right direction to be, become the quote overtake lane and step in the in the sort of you know based on age and, and the surfing she's still got in her looking like she's just about to flex up 
So this is uh, this is all time, man. And um, yeah, I think I love the mongrel that Joanne's starting to show the belief. Got a little taste of those WSL finals last year, and is uh, looking really good to to you know bring it for these last couple of events. And uh, Tatiana also getting a result here, Smithy, and um, you know climbing up to number six. So two strong events for her to come. J Bay on the backhand, you'd imagine she'll she'll be really good out there. And then Chopes, you, you have to be odds on favourite to win it. <laughs> Sure, best now, the best heat of the event, Vaughan. For mine, it was Callum Robson versus Medina in the elimination round. Uh, you know, look, I'm a bit one-eyed here, there's no doubt. But uh, this was a big heat on uh, on a few accounts. Callum, uh, you know, gets an important win over Medina there. Uh, but more importantly, Medina suffers a grade 2 medial ligament tear, Ooh. which has effectively ended his hopes of making the final five at Trestles. But, uh, yeah, super crazy. Uh, a couple of points from the heat first. And yeah, let's just go into Callum's performance in this event. He was the uh, last man standing for the rest of the world, making it to the quarters where he lost to, uh, was it Semi Pupo? Um, uh, not too sure there. I have mm. to double check that. But, uh, you know, he's just continuing to build. Um, and uh, super interesting to, to note, just following the win over Medina, no fanfare whatsoever. Not even a fist pump on his <laughs> way in. Uh, you know, he... he, he Oh, it's so he, good. He, 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 he continues to surprise the world, but he, he's not surprised at all. Um, and I'm going to give you a bit of an insight into why that is. I just wrote a big profile of the Evan, Evans Head Battler for Stab Premium called True Grit, mm. which you can read. Um, we saw in that heat uh, the, the, the first kind of little glimmer into his punt game, which you know a, a lot of people won't even be aware that he has. But you know, let's remember that he won the Tweed Coast Pro at Cabarita on account of his aerial game, uh, which was held in some of the most marginal conditions uh, imaginable. He beat a, a, a field that was full of punt specialists uh, to win that event, which essentially got him onto the Challenger Series. You know, he was ranked 19th in the world coming into that event. He had two serious concussions coming into that event. Sat, uh, spent a, an extended period on the sidelines. Wins the Cabarita Pro, uh, Tweed Coast Pro, with his punt game, and then just goes on an absolute blitz through the Challenger Series. He's been on the world tour uh, for six or seven months now. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen him do a single punt, but uh, they're there. And, and he's just been waiting to whip him out, which he did in that heat for his second uh, significant score. I think it was the 7-4, a nice, pretty vertical kind of uh, air reverse, one of those ones with the, the, the boards, like, you know, you see the flat of the board from the beach. Sick, uh, sick combination of maneuvers, but just on Callum. Um, I lifted a few quotes from that story because I think they give a really good insight into you know, just what kind of a character this guy is. Uh, this is what he had to say about his work ethic. I come in with the mindset of doing everything I can do to bring my chances up because I didn't come from that background of having everything there for me. I felt like I had to do everything and I still firmly believe that I do everything to give myself the best chance to perform. That's where I see myself being different to most people, forward thinking in that regard, to innovate and push the sport in terms of what I'm doing outside the water that's going to directly influence my surfing in the water. Um, now, just uh, just quickly, Vaughn, I'll rip through these. This is what I had to say about confidence. I feel like I've got an interesting relationship with confidence. I feel like I don't see it the same as most people. I'm not someone who needs confidence or relies on confidence or even likes confidence. I feel like it comes in a lot deeper than that from a strong belief in who I am and what I bring to the table and the journey that I'm on. Uh, he had this to say about just pushing through the pain and uh, you know just ripping in it, uh, outside of the water. 
I feel like if you wait until things are right to do well, you'll be waiting your whole life. There's no point waiting until you feel comfortable. That's the relationship with discomfort. It's a lot about trust and courage and willingness to feel uncomfortable all the time. Not trying to escape discomfort is very important in competitive surfing. Uh, on motivation, he said, when times get tough, that's what you draw on. I haven't had the golden path. It hasn't been set in stone that Callum Robson is going to make it as a professional surfer. I had to go a different route and it's made me hungrier. And then uh, obviously like where he's from, absolutely hammered by floods. Mm. And uh, that, that's a big subplot to his career and his trajectory. You know, he, he wakes up every morning when he's at home and he's, he's looking around and seeing people putting their lives together, including his own parents who lost everything in the floods. Um, and uh, he knows that when he surfs, he's surfing for everyone back home, doing it tough. So uh, he said, when you do anything for a bigger reason than yourself, you can definitely find another gear, another level. And yeah, they've been such a big part of my story. And for me to be able to, be able to give back to them is very important. Oh, jeez, Smithy. How's the insights this guy has on himself, on his life, on the way that things work. I mean, fuck, man. If he doesn't make it as a pro surfer, that's some of the best motivational speaking I've ever heard. Hey. It's actually like built on a foundation of pure core. It's a work ethic, isn't it? It's like nothing comes easy. Uh, don't wait for things to just fall in your lap. Don't wait for things to get better. Deal with that discomfort. Deal with the hard times and use it as motivation to fucking succeed. He is incredible. And like that heat that you're talking about, I had that as my heat of the event as well. Mostly because he paddled out there, and as he said that he would do on our live show, mate, he just creased it. And it wasn't even uh, necessarily like he was out there to crease Gabby. It was just how much harder he surfed. Like, he, his bottom turns, mate, were going 50 metres long, and then he was just going kaboom into the lip. And I was just freaking on it. I, like, I was just so fucking blown away by that surfing. It just was fearless, pure muscle like what no it's just a full-blown va donut in the fucking evans head car park and uh yeah i was i was just i was so stoked on that pure belief like it, it didn't look like anything other than like i'm gonna surf my fucking best heat ever and he did uh it, it wasn't like you know um sort of electrifying the judges to the point where they were like throwing down high nines or anything like that but just as as, as a go to town get in there and fucking fight as hard as you can. That was that was one of the best performances I've seen. Oh, he's absolutely lead-footed, isn't he, Vaughn? Uh, and, and just builds momentum down the line. You, you think you've seen it all of the first opening lip destruction, but he just seems to build momentum as he keeps going and uh, the turns just get bigger and heavier. And being able to cap uh, cap those those huge hits off with, with an air reverse on the end, I mean, far out. What hasn't he got? Uh, it bodes well for his world to a future. And, you know, currently he's locked in a battle for Rookie of the Year with uh, Semi Pupa. Mm. I think the only other one would be Kui, uh, 11th in the world, Semi. Callum, a more consistent year at 8th in the world. Although, uh, yeah, I guess they both got a runner-up each. So, uh, yeah, what a fucking absolute uh, rookie year. Yeah, for the huge. Oh, I, just, I still can't believe we've got... Uh, Got a potential morgue year on our hands. I just, I honestly thought we'd never see it again. Oh, well, I didn't, I think it'd be so quick, you know. Uh, there, there's things to be said for sort of prodigious talent coming through and, and having a good year. But like Taj Burrow, for example, you know, coming second in the world on his first or second year on tour. But this is mind blowing to me because this is just a full blown story of just like you, like the title of your yarn, mate, True Grit. 
And uh, there's nothing more satisfying as a, a fan of pro surfing than seeing these sorts of characters, you know, come through and, and, and have these performances. So, yeah, epic. And then the, the biggest story uh, of the event is in the same heat. Medina doing his knee. Uh, it writes off this year, but uh, far out, man. It's, oh, these, these gargantuan world title winning, you know, best in the world guys going down with these knee injuries. What the heck? going on yeah well i had i had this listed under one of our subcategories as the pure melt vaunt melt. i just thought um you know medina it just didn't look like the medina we're used to seeing you know i've stood on the beach and watched him free surfing conditions almost identical that to that um that was back at margaret river during his world title winning year and i stood there with his coach andy king and, and when he's on He's on another planet in conditions like that. He's untouchable. Mm. He's an absolute wizard. And he just didn't look sharp to me against Callum. He looked sluggish, out of touch, out of rhythm. Uh, he just looked like a guy who hasn't been surfing all that much, you know, who's been putting his feet up and, and enjoying life as he is so entitled to do. Mm. I mean, he's coming off the back of uh, incredible family dramas, uh, you know, the, a divorce, a, a divorce from like his parent, like just unfathomable um, emotional hardship. And so he's put his feet up, and it looked like it, you know. Uh, but <laughs> look, you know, that's the problem because he gets back into a competitive jersey, and, and and the body just wasn't up to speed with the mind. Mm. The competitive drive was there, but the reflexes that allow him to either stick those high-velocity rotations or, at the very least, bail safely out of him, it just wasn't there. And he seriously hurt himself. Uh, it's the first major injuries injury of his career that I can remember. Mm. Um, but yeah, I felt like he was kind of asking for it. He, he's he's come into a heat up against one of the form surfers in the world, um, who's just absolutely breathing fire, uh, machine like in his commitment, in his in his training, mm. just peak physical condition. And uh, you know, Medina he opened up with a seven five, and then as soon as the the pressure was put on him, he uh, just went for a series of aerial maneuvers. Did, couldn't stick him, and they just kind of. You know, I, I guess like so many high-risk manoeuvres um, in a row, the, the percentages of injuring yourself just continue to stack up, and that's what happened. Yeah, man, and I think also this was probably the first moment that he felt pressure back in the rashy because he didn't look too worried in uh, El Salvador, and he definitely didn't look worried at all in G-Land. He looked like he was having the time of his life. But two semis, he kind of needed a win in one of those first events to keep that little bit of a... The, the flame burning for a run at the WSL finals. And so uh, I think that, that comp competitive pressure that he hasn't really put on himself for eight months uh, or a bit longer now that September was uh, the WSL finals last year. So it's almost a full year of just not really having to think or feel that. And uh, yeah, I don't think it's a, a mindset that you can just snap into once you have a year off. I think you've got to build into it uh, when the pressure starts being applied. And uh, well, what about that as a thank you as well, Smitty? You know, uh, Gabby giving um, Callum props in Margaret River. That's like one of the guys he enjoys watching, likes his steez, likes his energy, likes his fucking uh, fearlessness. And uh, yeah, and Cal just says, yeah, thanks very much. Fucking booyah, creases it. <laughs> uh, thanks yeah, very much. his own demise there. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I had uh, for That's my right. biggest melt, mate, just while we we're on the topic, uh, Kanawa and Griff. I just uh, couldn't believe, you know, first round exits. Uh, for two guys who really should be trying to put some daylight between them and Ethan and Callum, the, the two guys most likely to catch them. And uh, unfortunately for both those guys, 
uh, Ethan and Cal got points on them. So uh, I just, I don't know what happened there, mate. I don't know if it's just one of those freak things where you can't really um, predict on a beach. You, you, if your plan is sort of a little less structured, it's it's more prone to sort of like a surprise performance like a Mateus or uh, Sammy or whatever coming through. But I just expected those guys, three comps out from the final five, to just be, you know, not settling for anything less than quarters. Uh, and I just thought, uh, yeah, just... Both those guys, you know, Ethan Ewing jumped Kanoa into fifth place after this event. So, whoo, mate, I mean, you know, that, that's what, what could have been uh, a bit of a momentum builder for those two um, surfers has ended up putting more pressure on them for J-Bay and, and Chopes. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't have had a situation more tailor-made for either Griffin or Kanoa, just a, a playful, rippable beach break. But uh, shout-out to Miguel Tudela, the pipeline the Peruvian pipeline specialist uh, dropping a couple of clutch air revs. Yeah, I mean, geez, did not see that coming. That wasn't in the crystal ball. Who even knew he could punt? <laughs> Fuck, I mean, I just... Oh, all I've ever seen of him is just uh, knifing the craziest 10-foot pipe pits you've ever seen. But there he was in marginal conditions in Brazil, putting one of the all-time, just like the best beach break wizards, uh, put him to the sword... And yeah, that, that, that's a big loss. That is a big circuit breaker in the momentum of Griff. Um, and now for Kanoa, losing to Mateus Hurdy, he drops outside the top five. Ethan Ewing squeaks in, heading into J-Bay. I where I mean, look, Kanoa is incredible out there. He's absolutely incredible. But Ethan's going to fancy his chances of going deep into the event there and potentially, uh, you know, far out. A, a win or a final is definitely not out of the equation uh, and we could see him really solidify his spot in the top five with a big result at J-Bay. There's not a better wave onto a suited to the North Stradbroke Rail oh. Shaman. But, so, uh, <laughs> but, man, how's the four guys? Like the four guys battling for, that, for what I would say is, is spot number five. Like I can't really see, um, well, you know, Philippe, Jack Robbo, or Idolo being displaced from that top five. But far out, those four dudes, they, they're all specials at J-Bay. Well, they could all fucking get a win there, really. So it's going to be one of the best comps of the year for that for that top, you know, that top zone with those four guys. And I think, you know, the big danger is got to be Callum, doesn't it? I mean, Ethan has that style where we, you'd expect him to go deep, as you say. But the the attitude, that fucking just gritty, like ready to go attitude of Callum is going to be scary for those other dudes. Absolutely. I was speaking to Andy King about Robbo's surfing Callum Robson, that is, and uh, you know he was just making the point that he builds so much momentum down the line of his turns. And we saw that at Snapper at the Challenger Series event. You know He just keeps building and building and building and getting bigger and better as he goes down the line. Uh, and, and he actually earmarked J-Bay as one of the events to watch him at because uh, oh. the judges have been loving just the, the critical, heavy, lead-footed nature of his turns, uh, which they're just relentless. You know, you're starting to see all that, that work that he does outside the water. Uh, you see that in those longer, uh, tapered right-hand point-break conditions. So, uh, you know, fucking watch out. Oh. Here he comes. Rub get his head back, Lavorno. Rub your hands together, mate. Lick your lips. Get on the floor and do a few push-ups with claps in the middle. Oh, it's all on for this uh, J-Bay comp. I can't wait. <laughs> Breakthrough. The breakthrough performances, uh, there was a couple, and they both went to Brazilians, in my opinion. The obvious, Sammy Pupo making his first final and capping an incredible year uh, for the rookie on the back of uh, a semi, I think it was, at Maxing Pipeline at the start of the year. 
a final at his uh, home break or, you know, his, you know the, the home nation break. Uh, just incredible year for the Gromit. But big shout out to Yago Dora, fresh back from a serious injury and just putting waves together with the crispest of crisp mm. styles. Pulled that insane backside, uh, you know, air rev, almost like a flip of a, of a rotation in El Salvador. Then here in Brazil, just throwing everything in the kit bag at uh, these fun lefts that were on offer. Per- Picture-perfect bottom turns, these kind of vert hi-fi laybacks, explosive transitional finners, and end-section kapows. Had it all. Jeez, he's a good surf to watch for, and I'd say uh, Brazil's most stylish. Yeah, and I, I think uh, another guy who probably we could slot into that that group uh, with Ethan, Griffin, uh, and Kanoa as, as, you know, a kid who, who was a big free-surfing star, uh, like had huge... Um, expectations coming onto his pro surfing career after the back of like being a wild card and, and going what semi-finals I think in in the Brazilian CT years ago hasn't really been able to quite get the consistency whether it's through injury or or whatever's going on but I think he's definitely riding that energy that Jack Robbo's found that that uh, Colapinto's found and he's another is is he in the the uh, the meditation warrior group, mate? Because he's his dad's coaching Robbo, right? Is that yeah, that's right. So, uh, do you reckon he's you, you in, in that so, sort of headspace? Because he seems like a bit of a cruiser, man. You'd think so. He's such a mellow character. Uh, I remember you know having a chat with him in Hawaii a few years ago, and even the way he'd conduct himself in the lineup during free surfs, you know, just going the waves underneath everyone and doing the craziest, most corked backside air revs, but just a, a real mellow cat. He's got that um, Machado vibe, doesn't he? He's got, he reminds me of like very the, much so. The new yeah. Machado. He's uh, yeah, really good. I, I agree. I had uh, my breakthrough performances, Sammy um, and Yago as well. And I think uh, he's building beautifully, Yago. And, mate, watch out at Chopes. He does pack them too. He could be a real, uh, you know, he could uh, make a little run here at, in the tail end of this season. Um, and Matthias Hurdy as well, man. He's, he just backed up another heat. He's going to be so deadly when he, he's got everything in the artillery. That's going to be uh, good to see. But how's, how's the, just the production line operating out of these rusty corrugated iron favelas, mate? Just like... Dishing out surfer after surfer. Oh, mate, they just swamp the CT, these guys. Fuck, it's just an endless cavalcade of superstars. It's crazy. And uh, let's uh, move on to the biggest surprise of the event because it involves another Brazilian, and uh, it was Caio Belli. Surprise! He's got to be one of the most underrated surfers in the world. Um, dropped the first perfect 10 of the year. No, I think and, it's the uh, second. I think Griff uh, Colapinto... Got a 10 in Portugal for a backside air rev, similar to uh, Felipe's, actually. Oh, they gave him the 10. Fucking right. Italo must be sitting around scratching his fucking neck beard going, what the fuck do I have to do to get a 10? He can't even get a 7 for his backside rotors anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, get off the, uh, and, uh, the anger juice. Yeah, well, I mean, far out. Just back to Caio, you know, if it weren't for how good the rest of the Brazilian storm are, he'd be a household name in the world. Mm. He, he surprises you every event. You know, he's he's got the full kit bag, capable of huge punts, uh, crazy turn combos. He can huck it over the ledge of the best of them. Uh, the GOAT said it best on Instagram after the 10, never underestimate Kaio. Yeah. And, uh, you know, remember, this guy was the under-16 Brazilian national surf champ. He was also Medina's main rival and sparring partner. They're the same age. They met countless times in junior events on the way up. Uh, I assume Kyle would have beaten Medina to win that national surf champs. Uh, so he has serious pedigree. And the 10, you know, watching it live, it was mind-blowing. Mm. It reminded me of that, that Seabass 10 at North yep. Point a few years ago. Like, 
similar size wave, just full of chandeliers and all kinds of horseshit uh, that he had to fight past to get out the exit. And, you know, it, for me, watching that live, it just reminded me that, you know, it, it's just moments like that that make all the mediocre heats that you watch in El Salvador, Margs, G-Land, you know, it makes it all worth it. Just to see one wave ridden like that, it makes it all worthwhile. Because yeah. only surfing seems to be able to provide a feat of athleticism like that. You know, I'm still trying to figure out how he made it. Oh. He was so far back in that thing. You had no idea he was even in it. Then you see the lip just touch his back and you're like, wait, is he still? And then bang, he's out. And you're like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, he like, just went chamber like, after was... chamber after chamber. He had more chambers than you on a Sunday Arvo after a big weekend of surfing, mate. He fucking navigated it so well. <laughs> It was just one of those freaky waves that you, you never get sick of watching. I reckon I've seen it like 10,000 times on Instagram now, and I just can't fucking... I'm still going, what? What? Big are you kidding me in the shat ratings, mate. That pumped up the A big time. So, uh, yeah, it's so true what you say too, you know. Like, fuck, how's the how's the uh, just the fortune of the bloke uh, to be Medina's main sparring partner, just always sort of on the tail end of, of, uh, of Medina's sort of, uh, you know, competitive fucking muscle or, or just what is it those those things that Medina does where he's sort of like pushing the competitive line it always seems to be Kaio on the receiving end of, of a dodgy 50-50 call and you know uh, it's he gets his place on tour because of Medina and, and he's been probably the most one of the most enjoyable stories to follow throughout this year for sure and, and he's just you know the, like what he did at Pipe was sick and uh, but just to keep on given us things to talk about and to keep the spotlight on him. It's full credit to him. Yeah. I mean, that wave just epitomized his character. It was unlikely. It just had so much grit. He had to fight for every inch he made in that tube right from the takeoff. He almost got decapitated on the drop. And, uh, you know, I think that just epitomizes who he is as a surfer. He's just always surprising you. You're you're always kind of writing him off. His heats are always a bit like, oh, you know, I don't know if I need to watch Kiowa Belly. And then you lose because he ends up just blowing your mind with with a huge corrupt or, a you know, just a a crazy backside air rev or just some fucked up, unlikely pit at pipe. Um, Yeah, full credit to the... Brazo grind core legend. Yeah, love it. What's it all mean, man? Now, what does all this mean for the ratings and the finals, Vaughn? Well, let's have a look at the top five following Brazil. Uh, it's had a big shake-up in the men's. Toledo, he's leagues ahead in first. Uh, we've got in second, Jack Robbo. Italo goes to third with that semi-final finish. Griff drops to fourth after exiting in the elimination round. And watch out, Ethan. In fifth, with J-Bay next on the calendar, uh, setting him up for a very solid back-season run. So, uh, Australia looking like they could well have two horses in the trestle showdown, at least one. Mm. Let's, uh, let's not forget Callum Robson. So, uh, yeah, what are, you, what are you seeing when you look at the men's? Uh, I mean, I briefly touched on it before, but, but the only part of this entire tour I'm, I'm interested in right now is those four guys hovering around that, that fifth sort of uh, that fifth spot because uh, we know that Italo has form at J-Bay as well, uh, regardless of if it's big or small. He's, he's kind of got the arsenal. He's starting to find a little bit of momentum, that anger and accept. Like, it, it felt like he was on his own program. We've, we've talked about it before on the show throughout this year and he, he's still not getting into those finals and getting the wins, but... It felt like he kind of like got himself back into the fold of the Brazilian storm uh, with this last couple of events, and then um, 
but then he also had that little bit of a, a just a fucking psycho melt at the start of his heat battling for priority and I don't know, man. It's just it's not quite clicking for Italo yet, but I can't see him dropping out of the top five. So yeah, it's all eyes on that 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 fifth spot and the four surfers going for it. And um, yeah, man, that that's all I'm really focused on right now. The back half of the tour, if I've got a little bit of a a, a torture in my shat rating, it's just that it's it's really um, kind of lost a bit of momentum you know like all of that back end stuff before the cut was so interesting you were just invested in every single surfer on tour and now we're really only looking at a handful of them and that that sort of presents a fair few sort of non-consequential heats that can kind of be a bit torturous to, to sit through but anyway that that's where i see it right now mate um and the other interesting thing will be uh felipe at chopes they're, 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 the, they're the two big stories i see playing out in the next couple of months. Yeah, Italo, uh, I believe he was the last start winner at J-Bay, beating Medina there in six to eight foot, uh, pretty giant J-Bay. Uh, that was way back in, what was that, 2019 mm. now? Yeah, that was an amazing uh, was event. That, was that the last event we had there? Oh, was it, pretty sure that was the last was one. Was that Medina won that or Italo? I can't remember now, but it was a fucking amazing, amazing battle with uh, that backside surfing and big ridges moving through the face and... Oh, man, oh, man. Best, best backside surfing we've seen out J-Bay since Oki, I reckon. Uh, moving over to the women's, we've got uh, Carissa emulating Toledo with a huge lead uh, on their side of the draw. She's locked down a spot in the final five. Johan Fay, another final in Brazil following her win at G-Land. What a year she's had. She'll be there at Trestle. She's second. Uh, Lakey Peterson, third. Steph, equal fourth. Uh, alongside Brisa Hennessy, both bombed out in the elimination round. Steph was beaten by the sunny coast vert snapping hero, Izzy Nichols, uh, who is, as it happens, ranked seventh and in striking distance of landing a spot in the final. The real shame is Tyler Wright, uh, you know, such a strong start to the year, but just couldn't get her visa sorted in time to get to Brazil was the word. And uh, she dropped four spots to 10th after missing El Salvador as well due to COVID complications. But... J-Bay and Chopes up next. Two events that she's an absolute special mm. to do well at. Can she pull off a miracle ball? I think she can. I think that the point spread... I mean, I'd have to talk to fucking Wazza, KL Bell Warren about this because he's the numbers guy. He'd have all, all these uh, spreadsheets worked out already. But I do think the way that the points are looking right now, uh, it's kind of all worked out, you know, in the best-case scenario for Tyler. It's like she's she, a win for any girl in the top you know, above that cut mark. Basically, any girl on tour is going to catapult them right back into that, that finals conversation, uh, especially at J-Bay. So, yeah, man, it's a, it's a really exciting tour. I, I can't really even... I'll, I'll have to sort of like look at what the swell's going to be doing for J-Bay and, and uh, look at the form going into it and, and see how it goes. But I think one and two with Joanne and uh, Carissa, they're locked away. The rest of them will be dogfighting it. The Corona Open J-Bay begins on July 12th and the waiting period runs through to the 21st. Vaughan, peak swell season over there. And uh, what a great event for all this to be hinging on. You know, we're going to get some quality, quality waves. It, it is great that the last two events are almost, uh, I mean, I don't want to put the mock on it, but, uh, you know, they're two of the best waves on tour and there's so much riding on them as far as the top five is concerned. Yeah. Pretty frothing. It's built beautifully, Smivy. We started the year off with a bang, so many good quality waves. Then we've hit, we've hit this little midpoint where everyone was sort of uh, recalibrating after the, the mid-year cut and all that drama. And now we just have three events 
lined up to go. The, the two last events of the season, WSL finals. Bring it on, Smithy, and come on, the big Robbo. Come on, Hewing. And uh, go, Jack Robbo. Let's do this. Competition surfing. Rashes. Pure tour nerdism.